Welcome to the Wealthy Money Property Podcast, your ultimate resource to unlocking your inner property guru and building a property investment portfolio. Now, introducing your host for the show. Mm. Hey, property mm. magicians. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I feel like today has literally been one, been one of our most productive days on the podcast for the entire podcast moving forward. You guys are going to love what's come up. Usually, Mizo and I set a time to discuss our strategy for the podcast. This Today, it just happens spontaneously. And this is thanks to our guest, Dunisani. (laughs) He and his wife have completely transformed our podcast and this business and they don't even know it they so don't right to, yeah they don't <laughs> welcome to episode 50 <laughs> episode 50 oh it is century wow so, no wonder no wonder let's introduce ourselves Mizo. my name is guys i'm your host for the show with me is my co-host <laughs> Uh, my excited co-host is Vanille Makwaka, and I am Lisa. Lisa Rainmaker. This is the most, yeah. This is the one of those weird days where we thought we were doing our usual podcast. It's a Thursday morning. Mm. I got Ben out of bed earlier than usual because our guest is Sunny. <laughs> our guest Tilisani wanted to do the podcast at seven a.m. We followed mm. the energy. We follow the energy but it's been mind-blowing you are in for you are in for you guys are in for a treat so shall we head on to dunisani let's do that welcome to the show duni it's so lovely to have you with us thank you very much thank you for inviting me and miranda thank you hi there Hi, Tini. I'm so glad. I'm so glad Tabile said yes on your behalf. It's fun to make sure that your wife is always happy. Where your heart I love how the men on the show come on here and say that. Keep telling yeah. us that the most important thing is to make sure that your wife is happy. I'm like, wow, <laughs> this is awesome, you guys. <laughs> but, but then she gets you enrolled onto things that are aligned with your values. This podcast, yeah. I know for sure, is aligned with your values. So I, I knew, I knew it took you too long to get here. I've been I've been <laughs> wanting to ask. I just didn't have an angle. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited to be here. <laughs> oh, we're glad to have you here. So Duni, tell us about yourself. Who are you? What do you do? How did you come into real estate? Okay, that's a very interesting question. I always uh, answer that question even though I'm not <laughs> asked, but uh, it's always something that's <laughs> Well, some of you will know Shawelo is in Soweto. I was born in Shawelo in a four-roomed house. Um, we're a family of nine people. And um, what really changed it was when a friend of mine, when I was just 14 years of age, when he invited me to come to his house, that was in, um, it was in the suburb called Renbeck at the time. 
Okay. <laughs> it was actually interesting because when I got there, this friend of mine was, uh, you know, you know, some people are called Abu Cheese Boy. So that yeah. was, <laughs> was a cheese boy in a way because when I got to his house, basically they had a house of more than 11 roomed house, you know? And um, oh, wow. really a family of five people. Imagine five people living in more, room, more than 11 roomed house and reverse back to my, to my situation. We were nine living in a four roomed house. Uh, that situation was not ideal for me because at that time I thought maybe let me ask my friend because they, 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 they are five. They can actually fit perfectly in a four-room house. You can agree with me, man. And yeah, yeah, that would have made sense for us to move in a more than eleven-room house. But unfortunately, that was just a dream that wasn't going to come true. And but that what mm -hmm. that experience did for me was yeah. amazing because at that time I well told myself that yes, I'm not born with a silver spoon. It's too late for me to be born with a silver spoon. I can't make my parents to be wealthy at that time, you know? Yeah, yeah. For my <laughs> is to make sure that when my kids are born, yeah. they should be my friend, basically. They must be born with a silver spoon. So that decision, mm -hmm. I took it when I was just very young. 14. I was just 14 years of age. And basically, wow. decision, I found myself bumping, excuse me, I found myself bumping into books such as Rich Dead, Poor Dead, surely, uh, most of you have read it. I know Miranda mm. from Angela, with what you are doing, you should have read that book. I know for a fact. So it was my own. So that, that book. It's really, her least favorite book. Yeah. It is my, I read it, but like I got hooked onto Cash Flow Quadrant. Right. <laughs> so those are powerful books, basically. So for me, yeah. that, that's where everything was ignited, you know, um, uh, in terms of property, where I found myself buying my first property at the age of 23. And by okay. the time... Oh, wow. Seven, yes. By the time I was 27, I already had more than seven properties. And some people say, how did you what? achieve And I said, well, it's, it's pretty much easier because I, I'm also a graduate, even though I, I yeah. started... I wanted to make my parents happy, my mom in particular. She's the one who forced me to go to school. But I'm grateful that I did because uh, for me to become an IT expert, it gave me an opportunity to earn a um, lot of income as an employee at that time. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. In, in property based on the books that I've been reading by Robert Kiyosaki. And um, I saw myself, uh, Robert to me was like my rich dad. And my biological dad was my poor dad. So that's basically how I <laughs> with Robert at that time. He was, he was that type of person. But unfortunately, okay. you are aware that if you don't have that particular person, uh, if you don't see that person or communicate with that person on a regular basis, when things go bad, like it did in 2008, we're all aware of what happened. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. The market crashed. Uh, when the market mm. crashed, yeah. At that time, I already had more than seven properties, and unfortunately, I lost more than 85% of my property portfolio. And wow. No way. For me to say, Interesting. Oh, how do wow. I Interesting. that I save this? Yeah. Interesting. I love, I, okay. I love that. I love that. Keep, keep, keep that, keep that for us, because um, yes. just sharing, we have to sharing the time. <laughs> 
sharing the hard times on in, in property investing is so incredibly important to me for for property investors listening to this podcast because we 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 need to share the whole journey so that we we teach and we reach as many people as we can so tell us a little about when you bought that first property were you thinking were you, were you thinking real estate or were you buying your primary home what what were you doing were you married at the time already not not really at all i was still very young i'm under 23. Oh, <laughs> i was at 20. Oh. <laughs> and that is so true <laughs> basically i bought that property what what, what really uh, made me to actually buy that property was the fact that um, at the time i found myself moving to pretoria because i used to stay in Jobek and i moved yeah. to pretoria and i found myself renting because of my new employment at that time. I rented okay. almost six months. And uh, fortunate enough, there was this boss, at, at that time I was working for Metroid, and there was yeah. that boss of mine who said, Junisan, why do you rent? And I said, but I'm here for temporary, you know, I don't need to yeah, buy. Yeah. But you can still buy, which will be kind of like cheaper for you. And, um, mm. and another friend of mine, his name was Vusi, he actually made it, he emphasized on that. And from mm. that angle, I started then looking for a property to buy. Okay. And wow. about this, even my first property, I bought it below market value. Because a lot of people, mm. when they buy, they just buy, more especially first-time home buyers, they just buy yeah. whatever they find immediately. Well, for me, I looked for properties almost before I bought my first property, I actually yeah. viewed seven properties at that time. It's because of okay. the books that I read through Rich Dad Poor Dad and Cashflow. Of course, they gave me some bit of tips, and I found my first property. I didn't bought it for for four hundred and twenty. At that time, those properties were going for two hundred thousand. You know, I bought it um, wow. way below market value. Okay. Wow! Did That's you buy awesome. in the CBD in Pretoria? Yes, it was in Sunnyside. Yeah, the the, the, the nicer part of Sunnyside, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sunnyside, Sunnyside was nicer at that time anyway, you know, it really was. It's, yeah. it's just yeah. run down a bit right now. But there's still people investing in it and making good in Sunnyside, right? Yeah. Yeah. There is actually, there are actually quite a few people investing mm. there. So then... Juni, you get the first property, right? And how long um, does it take you to get the second property? And what motivates that? Were you already reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad by then? Yes, Had you I already read it? Reading, reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad at that time. And I started, fortunately at that time, I also started attending seminars. Because okay. it's not just about ah. reading, it's about of also being and being in the midst of people who are doing what you want to do. Absolutely. So Amen. In, in <laughs> property, exactly. They were already in property. So for me, I was, I wanted to really build a portfolio because as you are aware, Robert Gosaki, even though I haven't even, I haven't even reached uh, uh, even 1% of his property portfolio because currently right. 6,000 properties, you can imagine. 6,000. Yes, that's still my goal. And at that time, I wanted to own a huge portfolio. So hence, I started buying and doing flips. Funny enough, 
I, I wasn't only focusing on low cost. I was buying anything, anywhere. Because I remember my first property was a, <laughs> it was actually a in, in Midrand. Uh, yeah. All summer fields, somewhere there. Uh-huh. And what I did, I bought the land before, in fact, it was in an estate, but before the estate was proclaimed. You know, okay. you know, some of you yeah, yeah. this guy. You know, yeah. I, <laughs> yes. showing us the picture of how the estate was going to look. Oh, and nice. The only thing that was required for me at that time was just the deposit. And then I bought and waited for two years until the proclamation was finalized. And immediately after the proclamation was finalized, I had an offer and made myself 150,000 profit at that time. Oh my no gosh. What that was the deposit that, that you paid? Yes, you know, I only paid 30 grand at that time as a deposit, but I made myself 150. And I started that doing it. Awesome. Yes. But you were very brave. You were very brave now, Tunisani, because firstly, there are, there are just several little nuggets there. When you are young and you are 24, and you come from Soweto, right? I, 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 I relate this story a lot to Ben whenever we talk that, you know, we've got so much access when we grow up in Soweto. We don't realize how much access we have yeah. to information, to transport, access to town. It's so close, but we do very little with what we have, you know, compared to kids who grow up in the village. But also, we are also exposed to these people who get rich very quickly, who quickly drive mm. it to five IS. So for <laughs> a young man <laughs> that grows up in Soweto, that emotional, that emotional process for you, how was it compared to your counterparts? Yeah. Because that can't be easy when you are going to a seminar when people want to mm. go hang out at a nightclub or they go to Carlton Center or Kind Center at the time when we were growing up. What was that mm. process for you? Because another young Sowetan brown boy who's listening to you, he's like, I don't know how to pull away from this. Oh, I such think- a great question and powerful question, Minzo. Indeed, and, hard, and, and a difficult question to answer, but I'm going to do my best. <laughs> mm. But basically, what really happened for me, I'll, call, I'll, I'll, I'll really call myself fortunate. Yeah. Because if I told you, for example, I said I was actually exposed to a different lifestyle at a very early age. Mm. Then that friend of mine who actually invited me to run back exposed me to a different lifestyle. I see. <clears throat> oh wow! Awesome. So Without knowing, yeah. Yes. Without oh my knowing. god! For me, I wouldn't have realized that there is a better life out there. It's not about castles. Oh, I like that. The huge properties and that that exposure made me to actually want to be successful because my aspire. Yes, my dad's friend at that time, he was in construction. He was building oh, okay. So that, oh, okay. that's really what made things much easier. Hence, um, it's important for me to, to expose other kids to, to the lifestyle that we want them to live. So exposure yeah. was mm. the most important thing, Miranda. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Oh, gosh. 
no but that now you've really i mean that's exactly yeah. it that you're speaking yeah. to the parents when we expose them to just yeah. sitting around and drinking that's what they think that yeah. life is going to be when we expose them to travel they will travel when we expose mm. them to building empires they will build empires something was imprinted yeah. there oh my gosh that's yeah. amazing. amazing i so love that right because you don't know how often we have on that duni on this podcast is this like this importance of knowing other people outside of your normal circle like yeah. having multiple circles as a matter of fact yeah. you know it is so yeah. important because it constantly changes the way that we perceive life like yeah. we don't know what we don't know until someone else comes into our lives and shows us that yeah. this is what we don't know you know and i've seen it constantly as a traveler mm. that's what got me traveling was that yeah. i met people at uct i remember uh, a girl meeting a girl who'd gone to afghanistan and had oh. done war photography in my first year and i had never ever thought that as an intern you can do that and she came from albania you know oh she was gosh. doing an exchange thing at UCT and she ended up as most people did at, in those days ended up at my house you know it was just one of those places where people just came through and that changed my world that wow. for me it made does. me realize that it does wow it, it is possible but doni <laughs> yeah tell us about so you get uh, so what was the journey to the second property like so now you've got this first property how did you get the second property did you go to the bank did you refinance what did you do you know at that time uh vangelo it was the try run on trial is that what it's called <laughs> not this english word sometimes it's hard basically what yeah. i mean um like yes we read in the books which was actually <laughs> but unfortunately when you do it practical sometimes you have to try new things and at okay. that time, ah. with my second property like i said um well my affordability was was not bad at all a lot of people okay. don't understand that way that if for example you go to a bank today your, the bank says we could we can actually um grant you a bond of 800,000 as a form of example right yeah and i decide to buy a house of 200,000 what it means yeah. i still have 600,000 for another house of course so yes people are not aware of that so for me when i bought oh. my house, i still had at least another 400,000 that the bank i see so it made it oh. thanks to actually approve me for the second house which okay. was brilliant. So So you yeah. said something so powerful to me because you've just described me. I am those people that never knew. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so walk me through uh, walk someone like me through this. So now you buy your first property and if less than what the bank has approved you for. Approved Can for you, you go back yeah. to the do you go back to the very same bank and say Hey, I spent less than what you approved me for. Please can I have that 400,000 back? Yes, obviously a lot depends on the relationship that you have with that bank. That's why relationship is okay. 
So we, we, we were taught that relationship is the most important thing in life. So what I did mm. at that time, because um, my affordability was good, I went to the same bank, uh, which was, um, I don't want to promote the bank, but it was an amazing bank for me. Um, <laughs> they, were, they were the best at that time. So they, they managed to give me the second bond, but unfortunately mm. for the third house, they didn't approve me. And when they okay. said it, it didn't stop me, and it made me to actually knock on other doors because if one door closes, doesn't mean other doors are, are closed as well. You need to make sure that other, other doors are closed by yourself. Don't assume that mm. other doors When, for my third house, basically, Bangile, uh, when the bank said no, because uh, that bank said no when I tried to buy my third house, and I said, okay, yeah. that's okay. why not try another bank? And that other oh, bank, wow. I, they said no. And I said, okay, two banks said no. I still have other two <laughs> banks to knock. <laughs> and <laughs> with you, the third bank said yes. But in most cases, oh, wow. I realized that the second or the third um, uh, uh, bank says no, they give up immediately. So for me, it was, it was different because I said, there's four banks. I have to make sure that all four banks say no before I can say I can't afford it. So fortunately, the third bank said yes. So that's basically how I got my third property. My second property was pretty much easier because my affordability was still good when it comes to banking. Okay. Mm. Okay. Wow. Did you know at the time, Duny, that you had to have a strategy? What were you buying? What, what had you made up your mind and set your mind on? What were you, what, 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 what was the plan? Did you have a proper plan? Did you know that you had to have a strategy and stick with your strategy? And what, what, what was your plan? How did that go for you? Well, you, you will appreciate that uh, books such as Rich Dad Poor Dad, they played a huge role because in that book, they will tell you that you need to focus on properties that you buy below market value. So when I right. bought, mm. I always looked for properties below market value. So for me, at that time, I didn't even understand the way distressed properties. I just said, <laughs> I like you. <laughs> negotiate for whatever that I bought. So whatever yeah. that I bought in the past, I will negotiate because of my first property that I got it mm. just below, way below market value. Because Mm. Yes, yeah, it was less, it was 50% below market value. So because of that exposure, there's no way the second or the third property you'll want to buy above or at market value. I always look for properties below market value because of my okay. counter of properties. So every time you know, mm. I had to make sure of that. But unfortunately, we do make, make mistakes. Uh, my first property, it wasn't the case because uh, the market at that time was booming. You know, 2006, 2007, if you're aware, property market was really booming. So the prices were, were being overpriced, you know. Okay. What mm. happened was that I started even buying a lot of uh, piece of land, you know. I, I remember yeah. there, was a, there was a school um, in, in, was it in the Midbar, uh, where Oprah was building a private school. Uh, yeah, Midbar. Oh. That place was called... Handy on trip, yes. Handy on club. Mm. Yes, correct. <clears throat> so I found myself buying a lot of those lands because they were booming and because people were saying because of the school, the prices are going to go, go up. 
you know, and they did at some stage. And let me be honest with you, sometimes greed kicks in. And I want to share with yeah. you that, you know, when you experience that, greed will always kill you. And yes, really. this is true. Trying a lot, <laughs> a lot with my affordability. And again, when I had offers where I was going to make profit because of greed, because the market was booming at that time, I didn't know about crashes, you know, market crashes. Oh, okay. And so the market was still going to continue to go up. You know, oh, wow. But I was buying wrong properties because I, I wasn't even aware that I was buying it above market value because those prices right. were overpriced, right. basically. Right. Yeah. yeah. Because of it, again, I lost most of those properties because they were way above the market without me realizing that. Oh, yeah. Wow. That is such wow. a that's that's such a great thing to 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 share. Yeah. And and tell me about the experience of buying land as well. Did you know about the cost of land? and keeping land when you haven't developed it. Did that affect you as well? Mm. Yes, it affected Good me. Good point, Meso. Yes, remember, mm. when it comes to land, the unfortunate yeah. that you can't rent out land. Of course. Mm. So, those land with an intention of building. More yeah. my, my intention was actually to build um, I don't know why I thought I, I, I did that because I thought maybe there would be a demand for student accommodation. Uh, for How? Some I mean, that part. That <laughs> I can't be building a school, Mizo. So the school will need students to be housed. But it is a boarding school already. <laughs> and it's for young kids. <laughs> and the that universities that are so far. It's going to be a boarding school for some, for some reason. We that part. <laughs> so when we bought those pieces of land, we were, we were buying it with an intention of building student accommodation. But unfortunately, it wasn't the case, and um, it was quite mm -hmm. a lot. My portfolio was sixty percent uh, land as compared. Oh my gosh! Oh wow! Houses and and townhouses. I think that's what killed me at that time because when the market. Right. Um, and those pieces of land, I wasn't getting any income. It's different when you are, you are getting income from existing property. Uh, oh. property. Uh, when it comes to land, you're not getting income. So when the market crash crashes, you become affected immediately. So I was yeah. one of those guys who were affected immediately because um, some of the land, I was, I was buying it to actually flip. And some of the houses, oh. some properties that I had, I bought them with an intention of flipping those properties. But when the market crashed, I couldn't even sell a property uh, that I bought because uh, I remember this one piece of land which I bought for three hundred thousand. Uh, before the market wow. was valued at five hundred thousand. I remember right. it, it seems like it was yesterday when I when I got the offer for four eighty on that piece of land. And for some reason, because the market was so amazing, I said, no, I want 550. And oh, when the market wow. tried, it even sell that property for the same amount that I bought it for. Oh my God. Whew. My goodness. Wow, that is so intense. It but is. Like you've just, you've just given us a really, really great lesson, right? Yeah. So when, um, when the, crash happened in 2008 you'd already gotten um 
seven properties and you also had six. So the seven properties were only 40% of your portfolio and the other 60% was land. Yeah. That is so correct. 100%, yes. Okay. Then uh, tell us about that experience of the crash. Like, tell us what are some of the challenges that you had, lessons learned, and what are the first steps that you took? to get out so there's a three-step process it's kind of like a lengthy <laughs> question i love that i love that question was amazing because it was a reset of so many things and it exposed so many things as well it showed is it personally that my wife was not there for money for me she really loved me <laughs> <laughs> for me even when i lost those properties you know other women will will actually leave when you difficulty. You think? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. As a woman, I feel like it is my duty to like step in and just say no. I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> but let me be honest with you. I had friends who were successful at some, at some stage and when things went bad, because you know that as a business person, there's always a high risk in everything that yeah. you do. And unfortunately, their wives left them. So hence, uh, based on my experience and based on my exposure, that is why I appreciate my wife that she stayed. That was one because of the exposure that I had at that time. So lesson learned to the point was for me to say, um, you know, when, more especially when you are married, um, avoid getting married in community or property when you are business. Mm. Um, at that time, when I, I proposed, my wife i feel like i feel like i would love i would love us to have a pause there and take a deep breath i i want to say i've already stated this on my personal facebook profile and was like 50 50 was pro 50 50 was anti and like demolished this concept and i was like wow The antenatal, the the antinatural contract. So mm, that's that's such an important thing to say about just contracts. Contracts and how you view your marriage Mm. of love and relationship is here and the business is on the other side. And it is is incredibly important, especially on on this podcast where we have got brown people listening because... Mm. People just seem to think we we're talking weird when we talk about antinatal contracts. It's such an important thing to raise. Tell us why why you say it is important not to be married in community of property, especially when you're running a business. Yes. Well, well for me, basically, based on my experiences, uh, looking at successful people in the past who were married, uh, when things went bad, it affected the whole family. And I see. Yeah. I that see. Of lifestyle. Um, I see. Dad as well, his uh, businesses were affected and it affected the whole family. And right. Yeah. It made me to actually always think about my wife. You know, even though I, mm. took, when I, when I, when we, before we got married, I said, let's, let's not get married in community. And she yeah. Thought, yeah. She thought, I don't love them. I'm doing something. I want to hide money for some reasons. An African <laughs> for some reasons. Yes, but in the past, when you say to somebody, let's get married out of community of um um what do you call again? Um ANC. Anti- yeah. 
uh-huh. they, they will think that you don't necessarily love them, you want to leave them, you want to make sure that you protect yourself. In, 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 yeah. Because it, it, it's not like that. You actually want to protect yeah. the party. And for me, it yes. was the type of contract that we did was um, ANC with accrual, which says okay. that case we divorce, then we are automatically in community of community property. of property. Yes, so with everything. You know, mm. That's the type of contract that we went and we went for, and it actually played a huge role when things it went did. Um, around 2011, 2012, because the, um, the market crash of 2008, it affected us around 2011, 2012. Because remember, in South Africa, things don't just happen at that time. Uh, yeah, so the crash yes. came after. Thank mm-hmm. you, around 2008. But some of us were affected around 2011, 2012. Yeah. And when it wow. happened, uh, most of the properties that, were, uh, that we had were registered under my name directly. And um, mm-hmm. also I had businesses uh, which were registered and some of those properties, of course, they were registered under my businesses, uh, under my business. So when the market crash happened, it only affected me. My name was, was, was bad at that time. Tabinus' okay. name was in at that time. So it okay. yeah. And which actually helped because at that time, Tabinus was not even working because she left a job my businesses were amazing before the crash and yeah my housewife <laughs> and yeah she crashed she was forced to go back and look for a job to work okay. wow for example her name was affected she wouldn't have had an opportunity to be employed because most of the employers they look at your credit score of course wow i didn't know that yeah they do now mm. Mm. Oh yeah, wow, like yeah, I have such deep ethical and moral issues around this. <laughs> Sorry, <yeah>. like I just <laughs> wow, yeah. like I am so shook by this. Cause uh when yeah. I was in Brazil, that was something that they did. And what it did was what it's done in the country is that it creates this system, a class system where it keeps uh, certain people in like um, people that are from less privileged backgrounds, less privileged because they can't get, yes, because Mm. it doesn't matter how educated you are, when you Mm. have to take out loans to survive, to get the school loan, uh, to get through school, to be able to pay for rent, to be able to pay for electricity, all the basics because you don't have like a silver spoon, it affects you. Right. So by the time you come get a job, it's not because you the assumption that most countries make and that most governments make and a lot of employers make is that people are in have bad credit scores because they are they are fiscally irresponsible. They don't look at the systemic issues around Mm. poverty and how these laws keep people in the same situation. So when I was in Brazil, that was a huge thing that I saw is that it didn't matter because now you have had to take out all these loans. You've been living paycheck to paycheck and in debt to try and better yourself now you have the opportunity to get a decent job and then your credit score sets you back, you yeah. know? And now yeah. you, you lose that opportunity and it keeps you in this, it keeps you down. 
Yeah. 100%, I agree with that you. is hundred percent. That yeah. is good. Um, Duni, I there is a, there's so many juicy places that I, I want to go to. Um, you bought all these properties. I want what well, I want us to go back to strategy again. You bought these properties and then you bought pieces of land. You were buying physical um physically developed properties, you were buying land, you were already thinking about development. Um, did you know that there is a difference there and there's so, so much more because I really want us to talk about development. No one has spoken to us about development on this podcast, um, maybe in more detail. So you already knew that you want to be a developer, you want to be in development. Yes, uh, Miranda, you know, the time I was, uh, well, I studied IT by profession, but the time while I was studying IT, I got involved in real estate. Uh, that, okay. made, that made things much easier for me to get exposure in property as well, how the property market uh, functioned. But yeah. what happened is when I left the corporate world in 2009, that was the last time I was actually employed. <laughs> employed. Oh, <Okay>. wow. <laughs> well done. <laughs> It was really a scary experience when I left. And what happened, right. is that, um, I opened then offices in the CBD, job CBD. <clears throat> Excuse me. When I opened the offices in the job CBD, I, well, the, one of the businesses that I was doing was um, doing a, what do you call it? Bridging finance. <laughs> Money lending. Money lending. Hey, I've done that. Hey, yo, it's not a good business in South Africa, especially. Yo, it was actually good. I'm talking about the uh, bridging finance. I was only dealing with attorneys. So, for example, oh. if you ah. and you don't have money to pay for your rates and taxes, you will access bridging finance from people like me at that time. Um, oh, okay. wow. For example, you're an estate agent, you want to get your commission immediately, you'll also yeah. access money from guys like me at that time. So that was my okay. thing that I did uh, while I was in real estate. And what happened is one of the, the, the real estate uh, ladies, in fact, I can still remember, three of them, they came to my offices, they were referred to me. They were working for companies such as RBA. I can't remember the exact company at that time where they dealt with low-cost housing development. So they okay. came to my office and they wanted me to uh, bridge them money, of course. And somehow one of the ladies said, would you be interested in development? I said, wow. development, uh, why would I want? And they said, lots of these companies are white companies and we have yeah. a lot of black companies. And it seems like you, you've got your stuff solid because my, my structures in the office were we're actually good, you know, we're, we're a small company, but um, we already had offices. I already had the receptionist. I already had salespeople in the office. So my structure was quite good, but we're dealing with existing houses. And this lady said, well, I want to show you something if you don't mind. And she took me through the okay. of, um, of development for low cost housing. And oh, wow. Made, it opened my eyes at that time and I said, wow, that sounds very interesting. And okay, I can help you to get to this, you know, where we can actually, you don't even have to be in construction. I can actually help you to set up the structure where we get a construction company. All we'll do is just to, to sell a package 
to people. Where we touch it, it will be nicely. We get a piece of land which we don't necessarily have to buy. Will just be allocated from the main developer that piece of land, and then from there, we can then package a deal and sell it. And I said, well, okay. let's, I don't need to be in construction. Then let's do it. But unfortunately, along the the way, because yeah. the, the contractor that we hired, he couldn't fulfill, right. which is I was then forced to be in construction by default. I had to oh, let. We I had see. Wow. Oh, we wow. That we were forced, and the rest it was history. But I was forced to get involved in construction and learn the market as quickly as I could because at that time we had three approvals of um, houses that we needed houses. to Houses. Yes, okay. but wow. come into, into play. He was really delaying in everything that we we're doing. So I had mm. to come in the market as soon as possible. And based on that, I actually enjoyed and Yes, uh, that's basically how we, we got involved into construction and development. Oh, okay. wow. That is so <laughs> interesting. So really? was this after the crash or do, uh, before the crash that you got introduced to construction? It was after the crash. Remember, I, I left work in 2009. 2009. Yeah. The crash happened in 2008, but it didn't affect us. We only got affected around 2012. So 2009... Okay when I opened the, the, the construction company okay. and the development okay. company. Okay, that is awesome. So tell us what you did in 2012. Now that the crash happened, how did it affect you? What happened? You said you lost value. What does that mean for people who are listening? And also, how did you then maneuver that? Remember when the crash like happened... <clears throat> I, I didn't see opportunities at that time. All I saw was stress because I couldn't fulfill my <laughs> the payment duties when, when it comes yeah. to the Oh, sure. I was bought. I couldn't, even, uh, I couldn't even do anything. I couldn't even sell anything. And some of the properties yeah. that I was at that time, I couldn't flip because remember, when you are involved in property, some of the strategies that you use is a flip strategy. I had two strategies at that time it was a flip okay. strategy it was a development strategy so most mm. of the, the properties that i had i couldn't flip them because there was yeah. no demand, you know and yeah. that no demand the problem was that some of those properties i bought them above market value thinking that they mm. would be when the correction happened unfortunately i couldn't sell most of those properties to flip so that really mm. Terms of repaying to the bank, mm. uh, my properties are being auctioned one by one, and uh, wow, a terrible time sure. in my life because um, I remember I even attended one of the auctions and I tried to pu push the prices high and I quit at some stage because I wanted to make oh. sure at least if they can be bought, uh, not so low because one of the properties I remember that I bought was an apartment in. Um, in the CBD. Remember okay. that they were actually developing the CBD. So I bought oh, an apartment yes. and that apartment was rented, but because I couldn't actually afford other stuff, all the rental, instead of paying back to the bank, we were used, used, utilizing that money for our lifestyle because we couldn't afford anything. I had kids. I promised yeah. that uh, they will continue to be born with a silver spoon. They will continue to live the lifestyle to that I them. 
too, you know. It was an amazing, so I couldn't bear the thought that my kids were going to go back to where I come from. So I had to do it. I know. So what really happened was that I couldn't sell some of these properties and the bank started taking those properties one by one. Right, right. What helped me was the the fact that um, during that time, I've I've learned quite amazing learnings, you know, because I remember a friend of mine, in in fact, you know, exposure is the most important thing. A friend of mine actually invited me to come to see what he was doing, actually. Right. Mm. In a while. And we went to his house. In fact, he had ama rooms, not necessarily ama rooms, but um, he built kind of like ama apartments. Apartments. You know, he had something like that, and he told me to come. It was in Tembisa, uh, in Calfontaine to be specific. So when mm, I went, mm. built almost 36 units, you know? Wow. Yes. That, that was really amazing. That was a strategy that I wasn't using in the past because mm. I know. Think about using I know. strategy called Immaculate. Because <laughs> for me, it was like, why would I want to invest there? There's no value, you know? I think yes. So, but yes. when I was exposed to that, when I went to his house, uh, when he showed me that, that was amazing because the cash flow opened your eyes. Mm. That he was collecting, it was amazing. It was better Excellent. than <laughs> that I've ever seen in my life. Because absolutely, yeah. spent one point three million to build and to buy that piece of land, but it was yeah. collecting thirty six thousand per month. And yes. I said, yes. Wow, that possible, you imagine, know, imagine. Hey? <laughs> imagine. Wow. But do, you know what's, do you know what's upsetting about that? You when you grow up in Soweto, right? Is you and I grew up with a two room and garage uh, strategy, has always been there, right? Always been there. Mm. I remember, I remember being in practice. And I was looking, no, I was doing a low camp for someone and I was looking for my own practice. And one mama around, around uh, Rockville had rooms and she was suggesting that I convert her, her garage and the room because they were conjoined into a practice and she was going to rent it out for so much. It upsets me when I think about it that this strategy has always been sitting right in front of me. Yeah. One of my cousins had a construction company. He was building, you know, every sure. time the packages of a two-room and garage, I think people were buying them at like 19,000. So you No, Mizo. I'm telling you. 19,000. 90, at the time, at the time, right? And <sighs> this was happening. It has always I grew up yeah. inside of a two-room and garage because my mother, my mother's contractor ran away with the money and we, we lived in the two rooms until she built the, 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 the house that she's living in right now. And then we moved into the house and we've always had a tenant. That's how I went to university. The strategy has always sure. existed, right? Yeah. So it's, 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 it's just the way it's spoken to you and yeah. how you see it as an investment. Isn't that just amazing? You keep talking about exposure. Mm. You know, I'm, 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 I'm so, loving. so true. <laughs> I know. Hey. <laughs> oh my wow. gosh. Wow. 
Wow. <laughs> so, Juni, you went to this friend and you saw his place. Then what happens for you? You go to Tendisa and you're like, yo, 36,000 per month. <laughs> you, know, you know, that experience, I promise you, it was a strategy that I knew for quite some time, but I didn't want to get myself in that because I thought there was no value in buying pokers, you know? And um, I didn't see yeah. that opportunity. And even my, my cousin at some stage, he kept on saying, I want to buy a piece of land, a Tembisa, and build my rooms. So I couldn't actually understand what he was talking about and say, why would I waste my money and build my room? You know, where's the value there? But uh, based on that exposure of that friend of mine, I remember going into that house, starting taking photos. I still have those photos. In fact, I was sharing notably those photos. Which, this is where it actually started. And... Um, Basically, because of that experience, I remember um, at that time, after I actually saw that place, we came back and I said, love, you know what? We don't have a bond in our own residential house because it was the time that we just moved to where we're staying at the moment, which is okay. the house. This is the house, by the way, that I built mm. around, was completed around 2011, okay. which was a yeah. house, uh, similar to my dad's friend's house because that was a <laughs> 11, 11 bedrooms. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know, and, and yes, uh, that experience. And I said, we don't even have a bond on this, you know. Um, yeah. I need, and funny enough, this house was, was registered under my wife, you know, at that time. Oh, um, wow. Good move. Just, Good just, move, right? Um, we wanted to make sure that houses that don't have bonds are registered under my wife and houses wow. registered under me. Uh, that was the mm. whole intention. Our residential house was just to protect the family. So what I did exactly. after, yes. after seeing that uh, project that this friend of mine showed me, it actually made me to say, yes, the cash flow, we're talking about cash flow. Well, wouldn't it be nice to have a cash flow like this? And I said, okay, we've got a property. My name is Beth. What we did, I then spoke to my wife to say, let's go to the bank and refinance our current house. Absolutely. That's what we did. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And fortunately, because her name was not on credit, uh, she didn't have any judgments uh, or defaults. Um, she, was, she, was, she was employed uh, because she comes from finance uh, department. She's, she's in the finance field. You know, when yeah. you're... Okay. If when you have defaulted or when you have judgment in the finance field, it becomes difficult for you to be employed. But absolutely, because yes. was clean. It was it was lovely for for us for her to be financed. So she managed to get a finance of about I think at that time we took I think we took one point five million or between one wow. million. And then wow. what we did was actually to go. And look for a property, a Oliven. Somebody told me that Oliven is actually booming in terms of okay. rent. Mm. Then we looked for a property, Oliven, and you know, I I searched. You know, when I want something, I don't stop until I find. <laughs> okay, it sounds like it. <laughs> I searched for that piece of land for almost three months, and it was oh my gosh at that time. But I knew that I had to find a piece of land in that area of extension 15 at that time. And yeah. enough, I got an attorney who was dealing with that piece of land. He was in 
in, in Boxback area, in fact, in the Albertine area. I had okay. to go all the way to Albertine. Imagine wow. to Albertine for a land in Centurion or Oliver. So that's yeah. basically how we found our first piece of land. And then we developed, we spent almost about a million in total. And okay. uh, our rental at that time was 26,000. Which was amazing. Not bad. Wow. wow. No way. Right. One million. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's awesome. I'm always very interested to, uh, to find out how long does it take for the construction process? Because I think to most happen. of us are deterred by the process because we think, oh, God, the headache versus just yeah. buying a ready-made house yeah. and walking into yeah. it. Yeah. So how long did it take you guys? So, so fortunate enough was the fact that I was already in construction at that time. So I built it Ah, yes. Yeah. And I was very experienced when it comes to uh, building houses. Um, wow. Uh, I built my first house, uh, which is a huge house to the value of, uh, in, ter in terms of the size. In fact, it was an experimental house. I call this house an experimental house. But exactly. it was a good experimental house because I've done quite a good job. Uh, for some reason. Yeah. Even if you have to say so yourself, I like your <laughs> modesty. <laughs> no, I love it. There's no vows of invisibility here. No vows of invisibility at play. Nothing. <laughs> so it was really like a school for me in terms of okay. building huge houses. So when I did yeah. the project in Oliven, which was to the value of, um, in fact, to the size of 240 square meter. It was a double right. stone. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't a surprise, it wasn't something huge because I was oh, used okay. to building houses like that. So the whole okay. project yes. took me almost eight months to finish it. Oh, wow. Myself. That's so bad. And yeah, it was the- That's amazing. Yeah, it was the quickest uh, project because uh, I'm hands-on, I was hands-on. Uh, it's different when you are building for other people because other developers, they they don't take um they don't they don't really prioritize you it's unfortunate mm. in the, um, construction industry some developers yeah. they can actually handle which delays the process that is why you are saying what you are saying <laughs> in terms of yeah. period because other developers yeah. they don't necessarily uh, prioritize you but prioritize you and um, it was the quickest and now the, the beautiful thing about this was the fact that we're collecting twenty-six thousand, we're paying a bond of yes. fifteen thousand, we're yes. left with ten thousand out of zero amount. Because remember, we took a bond on the next bond. Absolutely. Yes. I love I love yes. how you, you explain the refinancing that we came from zero and we are paying. Now, this brings me to another question because you and us, we could sit here for the next two hours really what do you want to come to because of you have refinanced you have done flipping you have experience of land you have experience of buying low value uh, and market value you have experience of this brings you to who you are as well today because how i met you is because you are a property mentor and we we were on the same uh, property program at at at, at Taft. Tell us a bit about what, what, what you do in, in, in property mentorship and coaching. That's, that's, that's like an incredible, another side of you, another third and fourth side of you. 
Excuse me for that. Uh, it's so okay. It's okay. <laughs> so within the Wealth Alliance and Riches and Beyond, basically we, we go around South Africa teaching people how to invest in property, avoiding the mistakes that some of us did because we don't want to lose houses. We don't want people to think that they're building a portfolio, whereas they're just building a liability. Because um, mm. remember one of my students, um, she's in uh, Limpopo. She had a huge yeah. portfolio. She had almost nine, house, nine townhouses at that time. But wow. out of nine townhouses, she didn't even make any positive cash flow. Some yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes, yes, I know lots of people like that. Money, but majority mm. of those properties were, were being subsidized by other properties. At the end of the yeah. 10 month every month when we looked at her, her cash flow it was actually negative and what we did mm, absolutely sell because sometimes you think you are building a property portfolio whereas you're just building a liability for yourself amen so absolutely my advice because i was mentoring her she chose okay. me i'm a mentor at that time because I'm a speaker, I do um, uh, self-speaking um, around, around South Africa. We do a lot of that. So basically, I'm also a mentor. So she became one of my mentees. And uh, she took my advice. She started selling. And within a week after I took her under, under my wings, basically, she managed to find herself a first multi which gave her way more than what she was losing in those oh properties. wow exactly exactly she selling those properties she eventually managed to collect a huge cash flow after paying the bond because she also financed it and yeah. she managed, mm. with the cash flow that she was collecting she bought herself a mercedes-benz and she said Junisani, this <laughs> Mercedes-Benz, it's not paid by me it's paid by that property that by the properties yeah. i like that i like that and an asset which is actually good and that asset was paying for a liability which was the car the job she will still have that car because yes that paid by her active income so that's basically that's what we do we basically help people to invest in property the right way like now, recently, I actually mentored my wife as well uh, to get involved. But we did it together because she was also exposed into, into the tough system. And yeah. she actually went around to look for the property, which was a building. And that building, she bought it on auction way below market value. If I can tell you, she bought it 50% less than its value. Wow. Building which uh, the, the, the cash loan that building after paying bonds and all everything because uh, she's financed by TAF as well as Intutugo. Uh, Miranda, you will know this. I, uh, I know about Intutugo, uh, yeah. As, a, as an equity partner as well, which was called a junior funder. So after she's paying Intutugo and TAF, every month she takes a cash flow of between ten to 15000 yeah wow that's it. that's it yeah i remember her stressing about it while we were on the program and she had to mm. go through but what was great about that is i think we need to underline that is that she was buying a multi-let 
and she was already inside of of the sale and 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 getting it yeah. ready for for tenanting but she was learning new things as well on how mm. you evaluate a multi-led which professionals yeah. you need and how you evaluate whether you are buying value or not and how much you, it's going to cost you to renovate and what is what is so incredibly yeah. important about our property investors is people who invest don't stop learning right you were on yeah. the program but you had been in property for this long dunesani and yeah. that's what i keep insisting with 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 property investors that you can't read one book or you can't go yeah. to one seminar or meet one person and say oh but property as a benza you know you gotta be doing the work because as you do yeah. you find out new as you do you find yeah. out new, new stuff yeah it's such an incredibly yeah. powerful thing you're sharing here so yeah so, so, so eventually it got transferred to her name Dune. i didn't know that yeah it was actually transferred in a name around february this year and what you mentioned is actually powerful miranda in terms of uh, learning learning is one of the most important part i continue yeah. to learn even now yeah. i'm a speaker i'm the global speaker because i speak not just in south africa right. but also around the world yeah but i continue to learn and when she came into tough mm -hmm. i was actually the one who was supposed to attend tough but i uh, remember <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I had another training to attend in Australia at that time and uh, the Australia training was yeah. with the South Africa training and uh, that's when she came in and said well we we'll, I will attend here in fact we were actually supposed to go together to Australia because there yeah. was an uh, speaking training and she decided to say no let me rather attend the TAF you can go along yeah. and go attend that course because um, yes. in education is the most important thing. We continue to invest. We continue to buy online courses. It, it, it will mm. never stop. You will always be yes. powerful. Absolutely. Just wow. Absolutely. As well, but yeah. most importantly, I continue to attend courses so that I can learn new things. Because there's always new things that I don't personally mm. know. Don't know of. Um, learning yes. Learning. Amen. Amen to that. Mm. Amen to that. Ooh, Sunday, I love that you are so much. Short. You don't want to tell us about yes. riches and beyond. What makes riches and beyond? Yes. Come on. You know, you what want is to... riches and beyond? <laughs> what <laughs> is riches and beyond? We like that. But no, I am a money magician student. Um, Vanilla is the wealthy money coach. She teaches us the, the, the money magic. <laughs> So when you speak about riches and beyond, of course my eyes go pop, right? Yeah. So I'm like, wow, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> basically, riches and beyond is a it's a very powerful uh, company. It's a brand, basically. Well, in yeah. the past, mm -hmm. the Wealth Alliance was in partnership with uh, Rich. Um, what was it called again? Uh, Think and Grow Rich. Uh, okay. Okay. It okay. was in partnership with a brand, Think and Grow Rich, which was yes. which is a global brand, which is an amazing brand. But what happened was that after the COVID, COVID actually has done amazing things because it, it exposed has. many things at the same time. And unfortunately, the brand uh, Think and Grow Rich, it has. Alliance, <laughs> they actually uh, went separate ways. And oh, okay. that's when we came together with uh, Silva and Milan to form a new brand called uh, Riches and Beyond. 
which is All right. event, which is in our view more powerful than anything because you can maybe actually hear the word riches and beyond. It goes beyond riches, not just okay. about riches. Yes. You know, you've actually went through the stages of thinking about this wealth, thinking about these riches. What's Thank more? are on our way to go beyond thinking about wealth but go beyond even acquiring that wealth there's more to life than just wealth so we're saying after you've accumulated this what's more there's more so okay. mm. have any limitations if you right. think about 10 property we always send you that there is more you can get if you think you have 100 properties with this riches and beyond it always reminds you there is more that you can get if you think okay, about yeah. the riches and beyond, it says there's more. There's still about a thousand that you need to get in terms of. <laughs> if you think you've got thousand, we still remind you to say there's still more you can get. Okay. <laughs> oh wow! That's the point. That it doesn't stop. But what so, do you guys do? Unpack it for us. What do you do to help people go from riches to beyond? Exactly. So what we do basically, and uh, we, we share different strategies for you. Um, the strategies okay. that we okay. implement, there's actually more than 15 powerful strategies that we teach. I'm going to share with oh, you. Oh, wow. Uh, the few ones, which is called Multilet, I've already shared the strategy while we're discussing. There's a buy to yeah. strategy, which is personally a strategy that, that I don't normally use. But there's also a flip strategy. And another powerful strategy is no money down deal strategy where you buy a property without spending money of your own. So those are the strategies mm. that we teach you. Of course, there's a commercial. We also are involved in commercial. For people who want to get involved in commercial, we teach you how to go through the commercial space. So also existing yes. building as well as new development. If you want to learn those mm. processes, take you through. So basically, we are an educational company that helps okay. you in property the right way so that you don't find yourself investing in liabilities we want to make sure Absolutely. that in assets, yeah. assets in money so that's basically okay. what we do in the nutshell we train people to become property investors and not just property investors but successful property investors i like that because you okay sorry ben go ahead no, I was just saying, um, for me, one of the things that I'm hearing is that people are, that there's a danger, it appears that we all think that we may be investing in property, but actually we are not successfully investing in property, Thank you know? You. So mm -hmm. that is a mm -hmm. thing. Like I am shocked, shocked, shocked that there are people who are that think that it's normal not to have a positive cash flow from a property that you purchased. You no, know, it doesn't on. make sense because then. You're, you're paying money to someone else, right? And if you have nine yeah. properties and none of them are cash flowing positive, that Something is a is problem wrong. for me. It's a problem. That is a problem. It's a problem. But I must, I must, I must add there. I keep adding it just so someone, if someone has missed, uh, missed it, that. I didn't just buy my first property that way. I bought it under mentorship because mm. I was told it's normal for properties to go through that. 
the first three years you yeah. are paying in and then you are going to break even in year three and then mm. so freaking hell but what yeah. you also realize is your mentor knows what he knows and in his limited little scope yeah. but also his outlook is something else and number yeah. three he's not even listening to your needs because i was very clear yes. about when i get into property i'm looking for passive income number two i'm i'm needing to top up what the boss was paying me at the time yeah. i've got school to pay and i don't want to compromise mm. not traveling with my daughter and whatever but he wasn't listening yeah. he was listening to yeah. what he was trying to sell me right yeah so that's the that's the problem of it and so yeah. And also, mm -hmm. I remember, Mizo, we were talking when you started the mentorship. You came and you told us that he had a strategy of you buying a property once a year, one property a year, all that. You Whereas I felt like they, now that we know what we know from our podcast guests and from exploring courses and listening to other podcasts, there was no need for you to take Literally, I'm thinking of Uba Gang. He probably would die. Five years, five properties, none of yeah. them cash flowing positive. Imagine. You know, this is so, so, this is so important. This is why education and like Dunisani says, exposure. Because that was the first mentor that you were actually exposed to in property, yeah. right? Yeah. So we didn't yeah. know that there were courses such as Riches and Beyond, that there yeah. were so many different people in the property industry in South Africa doing this work. So we just yeah. thought, so when you even told me, I was like, hmm, I didn't like the idea of cash flow negative, but I was like, oh, a property a year. Oh my God, that is amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's what we thought. That's what we thought. Yeah. But that's the other thing, uh, Dunisani, that in the more of us that can speak the language, because when I explain mm. to you, right, and I explain to you in my language what it means for me if this property is going to be cash flow negative, you would understand um, a little bit more than, you know, and what I find is that there is too much English in property. My mentees <laughs> tell me all the time about that, that when you talk about capitalizing and leveraging and whatever, mm. you've lost me, you know, just bring yeah. it down, tone it down. You'll tell me about leverage after you've explained to me in Sisutu what, what you are meaning, that yeah. there is equity in that house that you built. And yes. we are going to access the equity. If you if you take out the equity English and yeah. explain it to, to our people, maybe this is the yeah. other thing. Our people hear differently. Yeah. yeah. When I yeah. when I hear apartment, you know, there's a there's a podcast guest of ours says she thought townhouses were only for white people, so they were only <laughs> in the suburbs. And she ends up with townhouses in Soweto because townhouse was associated with the yeah. class, with the yeah. And we really, really are losing lots of people. And I like what you're saying yeah. about when someone found you in the city center and said, we are from work. Let me yeah. show you how development, because that woman was speaking to your heart in your language somehow. Right? Yeah. So incredible. And riches and beyond, I hope, is going to unpack that when someone yeah. walks away. 
They must yes. practically be able to do something. So yes. tell us, a, tell us, a, okay, we'll do it, I guess, in the magical feedback when we, when we do the magical feedback, <gasps> the master class. But I love that. So there are 15 strategies. Oh my God. Wow. I like, wow. Okay. That's a lot of strategies. It is. We unpacked half of them uh, on our Christmas podcast then. We did seven, right? We did. We did. We did, we did seven, seven strategies. Oh my gosh, good on us. We did seven. I, I'm impressed with us. Okay. 50%. So, <laughs> so Tani, please tell us more, just a little bit more about Riches and Beyond. How does this course work in terms of length of time, the number yeah. of people that get involved in the course? Okay. Like, are you doing it one-on-one? Is it a group course? Is it online? Do I have to go mm. to a particular venue? Just share with us for people that are listening and interested. Thank you, Van. That's such an important question. Yes, yes indeed, uh, Miranda and Wangile. You rightfully said uh, this time around, uh, the whole world is doing things differently. Uh, <laughs> it's about being in a physical space for you to learn. So yeah. what we currently in, in addressing this situation of COVID was actually to come with an online learning where our mm. masterclass, in the past we used to run our masterclass live where we used to go to Cape, to Cape Town, Deben, as well as Jobek to do our physical masterclass, which was a two-day masterclass. But now what we have actually done is actually to do an online Masterclass. We're still going to do it the same way, of course, but now instead of two days, it's going to be three days because we're not going to run it for eight to nine hours a day. We're going to cut it a little bit uh, shorter to make it between five to six hours. That's why we moved it to three days because unfortunately, by looking at this screen for eight hours, it's not possible. <laughs> you yeah. understand? So that's why we had to make sure that we break it in to address the technology part of it. So what we're going to have is actually have a masterclass where people will come into a three-day masterclass where they will learn all the strategies that I shared. Also mm. the mindset, because you can have all the strategies, but if your mind is not ready to understand what I'm teaching you, you're going yeah. to everything. So we also touch based on the mindset, prepare right. you in terms of the information that we're going to give you and also okay. we cover different strategies there and as well as giving you practical examples and practical work because we're going to also have some of our mentors where you're going to have a consultation with them and uh, they will look at your current situation in terms of your portfolio and give you a guideline on where you can move from where you are into the next level and for some people mm. who say yes i've actually attended the master class i love what i've learned and I would like to have somebody who can then coach me. We also yeah. offer coaching sessions um, and mentoring sessions where you will come. We've got between six to 12 months coaching um, packages that we have. If people okay. want to mm. go for six months, six months, we're only focusing on residential uh, coaching. And for 12 months, we also focus on uh, commercial. So it covers both mm. residential and commercial uh, those are the type of coaching that we have and what okay. we've done recently was actually also based on our past experiences because i can promise you a lot of people were actually referring guys to come into our uh, into our platforms because right. what meant 
it was really amazing. So most of our, our students are actually referred by other students. Yes, of course. A lot mm. of guys were referring people to come. Yes. Yep. And the company, we thought about it and say, why not come with an affiliate program? So now, if you want to get involved in terms of referring people to come into our program, you can then participate into a referral program. We've actually uh, uh, introduced that new program so that mm. people who just refer for free, they get compensation. Yes. So that's basically yes. what we're doing. We're doing both traditional way of marketing and affiliate. Yes. That's the, the way yes. of mouth type of marketing. Mm, mm. Yes, like amazing. And, and for me, I think a masterclass was what changed the game for me in, 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 in property to me because I think when you are working with your mentor in your beginning, you do it does begin where you are, right? And shows you mm. what is possible for you for your little for your little um, little block that you are sitting in, but in the master class, your eyes are broadened to what else yeah. is possible, what else is possible. Yeah. And as you say, exposure is about everything. Really, it's about yes. everything. So when we do yes. that, when we do when we do something like that for people, and we expose them because, for instance, that's how I learned that self storage. Is, is a strategy is a strategy in property and i would never have thought yeah self-storage is property right so it it's, it's such an incredible way of and in the master class everything was covered and this affiliate process um how would it work do you want to give us a summary quickly of what what does it mean what does it look like so when i refer someone do you buy me a property I love it, Misa. Good question. You must oh, you must take your chances here. Yeah, tell me. Love that. You you need to test stuff. If you don't test anything, you'll never know the results. You'll never know. Mm, yeah. We eventually buy you a property when you refer many people to eventually. Come. Eventually. When you refer many people to come into our program, okay. we'll eventually buy you a property. But the whole idea <laughs> that uh, people who come into our program for some people they come into our program and say Junisani, but I don't actually have money to put in as a form of deposit when it's required and how mm. do I become successful and that's when we created this program so that when, just by mm. referring people you are able to build on the deposit for yourself so that's uh. basically yes such issues for people who come into a program to say, I don't even have money. Now you can, you don't have any excuse to say, I don't have money. Just by out there to say, guys, you can attain property and learn to become successful because we've got lots of success stories. Uh, some of our students, we've got lots of students who became successful and some of the students who came very initially to our program, uh, I understand they were actually in your program as well. You know, <laughs> one oh, of our, wow. even now, one of the mentors within our program, she came as a student initially when she attended and she became successful. <laughs> She's now a successful property investor. And <clears throat> with yeah. that, we, we've got a lot of people who, who made it and who became yeah. successful property. So the whole idea is to actually address those who don't even yeah. have that, to say you don't have to wait 
you can actually mm. start people with what you have planned and just by referring people you will start earning and while you are earning while you're earning at the same time as searching for properties you can have money for deposit when that time comes mm. when you do when you take it as a business you can even be able to buy that property out of us giving you that money because you have referred so many people into our program then we can even help you to buy that first property or whenever whatever that you want because the program is so amazing it pays quite a lot for people who want to take this as a business at the same time so yeah, yeah. That is okay i like that so apart from the affiliate i just have one last question do you um are there specific objectives when someone comes into the program that you can set a goal to say in the next 6 months i want to uh, i have want to own my first property i want to own my first multilet and then just get guidance on just that to make that a reality yes indeed bangina uh, remember when you come we'll sit with you and understand where you want to go because i need to understand where you want to go in order for me to take you oh wow so every mentor gets to sit with a mentee for a few minutes or an hour or so to understand their objective correct so i oh, that is powerful where you going so i need to understand where you going or where you want to go as soon as I've got that information or gathered that information, I'll be able to help you or take you where you want to go. For example, some students oh. come into a program and say, Dunisani, all I want is to buy a multi-let in the next six months. Let me give you one of our examples, one of our students who's done amazing and he even went further with the strategy that I showed him. Some of you don't even know that there is a strategy whereby if the bank for example, if your affordability says you can only afford to buy a house of a million based on your affordability, I can actually help yeah. you to buy three or four of those properties of million with just one affordability of a million. Yes, yes, of course. So what I'm saying, for example, Evangeline, uh, if they, you go to the bank today and you say, I want a house, and the bank says, you only qualify for a million. Mm. that's one house am i correct the yes indeed you is even though the bank says you qualify for one million the bank will be able to finance you for three million that's what i'm talking about meaning you can buy three wow so anyway yeah. that's really powerful so a lot of people they haven't learned that strategy one of my students who implemented that strategy was in Devon, and that was really yes. amazing because what he did his affordability was about one million one hundred. He bought yeah. mm. properties at the same time. Even how many? Two properties. Two one properties at the same time. And fifty. The other properties was nine hundred and ninety. Some people ask how did wow because of the strategies that we teach you. You know. Oh, wow. It's not a lot that we're going to share when people come into the master class which will mm. make it easier for them. So we've got different so, yeah. implement. So we take you through the program and understand where you want to go. And then based on that, we can then formulate something that would work for you. Absolutely. Oh, wow. Think, this is amazing. I, I love it. I believe, I, I believe this is a good note to, <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling, yes. and that's exactly what, what, what this, yeah, this podcast is about. I, I, I think it's a good place to say, 
I am I'm all right. <laughs> yes. I am also full. We can move on to the next segment of the show. Thank you so much, Dunisani. On to the next segment of our show, magical feedback from our hosts, where our hosts share their three takeaways from today's episode. Hey guys, welcome to Magical Feedback. I feel like this podcast was very long, so we may keep it short. Mizo, yes. do you want to share your takeaways for this show? Where do I even start? <laughs> Where do I even start? But let's 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 talk about how Dunisani's um, authentic share about the challenges mm. of real estate, and he yeah. honestly put it out there. That him and I are almost the same age, probably. So we were here mm. during the 2008 crash, which for his business hit actually in 2011, mm. around the uh, about two, yeah, maybe two years later. Um, he didn't anticipate the crash, yeah. so he had bought real estate that was not actually cash flowing yeah. pieces of land. Right, nothing yeah. wrong with a piece of land. Absolutely a great investment, but one needs to know when the piece of land is being sold. Mm. One needs to know when to get out quickly when it when when you need to. He refused an offer four hundred and fifty thousand at some stage. He was waiting for mm. it to actually a little bit more, which never happened. For so, eighty thousand, he refused oh. the offer. Yeah, and I think he was going to make a hundred and eighty thousand rand profit, but he wanted five fifty, right? Yeah, yeah, wow. he wanted five hundred and fifty, and he never got any of that. And he calls it greed. Mm-hmm. I don't see greed actually. I saw something else, but my my issue about it is the challenges of real estate is keep your ear on the ground. That's why you yeah. do not have the luxury of ignorance. That's why you can't yeah. have the luxury of not listening or going to seminars or just being in a network so that you can keep your ear on the ground. Yeah. Ooh, so that your, is such a powerful takeaway. So I my first one was how he kept talking about exposure, right? Yes. And how he kept saying he started and then he started off by saying he attended seminars and being in the midst of people who are doing what he wants to do. Wants to do. I mean, guys, yeah. that is the essence of all that we talk about here. There is nothing more powerful, even if you are not yet doing those things, you know, yeah. just being in the presence of people who are doing what you want to do and being able to observe them or being party to those dinner table conversations that we talk Absolutely. about, Absolutely. you know? So yeah. table conversations, even if you're not there, but the fact that everyone around you is having this discussion, trust and believe that something is happening in your mind. You are in your mind oh, and yeah. you are going back to think about it. So for me, this is what I, I just found that powerful. Like almost every next move that he made, he talks about, oh, I have a friend that was doing this. A friend invited me to Tembisa. I know. A friend did this. It's like, it's exposure. Like, we don't know what we don't know. And I will don't keep know. saying that. Those are the things that trip us up. 
It's yes. not the things that yes. we think we know or we know we don't know. It's the things that we really don't know, we don't even know, that no. keep tripping us up. So that is my that. number one takeaway. <laughs> did you see that? It was. It is a yeah. chain. And he kept talking, yeah. you are linked to your next level. You are linked to your next level yeah. by the network that you have. We keep talking about it anyway. Yeah. Your network yes. is equals to your network, mm. right? Here mm. is my big takeaway, even if we here. <laughs> I don't know how you had it then. But when Sami kept referring to how they partner, the partnershiping, creation shipping of himself mm. and Tabi, his wife, right? Yes. There's one time where Nisani had a business that was booming. Yeah. And, and it was a combination of property and other things. And yeah. Tabi, Tabi was able to leave work. And yes. then the 2008 crash happened. Tabile went mm. back to work, and how they revitalized their yeah. property portfolio was because they are co-creating this business. Mm. Of, so they were using her credit score. They were using her name. They were using yeah. they were using what they had, which was yes. the house that they refinanced. Isn't that yeah. just and an yes. awesome way of it's another network. Your network is the very next person right next to you. Yeah. And people who have got a common goal and common values of creating wealth for their children. That partnership and yeah. relationship is just so but also to watch. Trusting the love trusting. and not needing uh -huh. not needing to be in community of property to understand that you are loved. And not that? having to keep looking over your shoulder that oh, the, the house is in her name. How will she behave? No, none of that. None it of is that. so powerful. None of and that. None look of that. at what they've been able to create and build on from there. That's it. You know? That's it. So, so powerful. That's it. And yeah, she, said to us, she said to us offline that we were not even yes. talking to her. The one who set up, who said, who found us an appointment with Tunisani. She said, "Well, when Tunisani asked me to come and mentor, and he said, yeah. I need you to come and support my business right now.' That's exactly yeah. what you know. For me, that creationship is such an important part of wealth yeah. creation because yeah. the reason why we do not prosper is when we yeah. compete with the wrong person. We don't even yeah. see." the next person is yeah. our part of our network and it is, yeah. it is just an appealing thing for me i think that's a great even with even with our friends right means or it's like I'm one of the things to. you and i have just had this discussion where i was like yeah. Mizo, one of your core strengths is this this yeah. is my core strength here yes. can like this is why what we're planning now is going to work and when we started the podcast is one of the things that we quickly identified what is it that we do better than better. the other right. and then like can we just focus on making that happen and it has been one of the most smoothest collaborations it is it so is smooth you know because of that 
Man. I'm like, because I, I don't even want to do what you do because it's not even something that interests me. When you come, when like we have to talk about like how you network, you meet all these people. I'm like, no, can I just like sit in my hammock and just chill? Exactly. Exactly. Because if we were to yeah. count that, oh, but you brought so many guests and whatever, we wouldn't have a podcast. Yeah. But the podcast yeah. happens because the network where I was talking, somebody and somebody linked yeah. me to somewhere. That's exactly how it happens. Yeah. And I do yeah. not want to organize on the back end what you organize. That's your mind. Yeah. That is what you do. And and I think if we can see partnership yeah. and relationship as creation yeah. shipping, I tell you, yeah. the world could be built. The world could be yes. built. I so, so agree. I love that. So my one yeah. take my my second takeaway is he said when it comes to land you can't rent out land. So very no. very interesting. <laughs> I actually didn't think of that. So here's the thing. So my takeaway with that is I absolutely agree with that. But can I just share a little bit of how Mangala is renting out land? Okay, for agricultural purposes. Oh, for, for agricultural um, purposes, yeah. So what she's got, Mangala has got quite a, a lot of land. So for you guys that don't know, Mangala is my Sri Lankan mom. I say in inverted commas, <laughs> like, right, mom, that I live with here in Sri Lanka. And she's got many different pieces of land. I mean, she's got a farm, like massive agricultural farm. Then here where we are in the village, there's so many pieces of land. And then she's got another piece of land with a house on it, but she's using that to store fertilizer because she runs one of the top organic fertilizer, fertilizer. companies in, in Sri Lanka. Right? Mm -hmm. So she's like, it's always busy at this place, guys. Like at this house where I'm at, I'm constantly meeting people. It is so, so busy because Mangala is so busy, right? Mm -hmm. So then there's another piece of land and she's just been planting and somebody has come through and offered her money to use the land because they don't have land and they want to grow pineapples. They've identified oh, so a market in pineapples. So mm -hmm. now she can get, the land will be utilized. She'll be renting out that land for agricultural purposes. And of course it's still her land and the trees will stay even after the agreement goes, but she yes. also gets to have some of those pineapples. So I they'll know. be using the land to, uh, to so farm pineapples pineapples and export them or whatever and at the same time she'll be a she'll be gifted with pineapples and she'll be making money from the leasing of this land to be used for agricultural purposes at the That's same it. time the structures are being used to store fertilizer on the land so you can be so innovative but yes overall that was my takeaway that you can always yes you can't rent out land but guys, if we have land, let's find creative uses for the land, even if it's for the just land. farming, you know? <laughs> I like that. I like that. And we, we did speak about this in episode 20 on how different yeah. people have used land and mm. what land has done for different people. Remember, yeah. Kibra's grandmother educated her Exactly. That is such an incredible takeaway. My number three mm. takeaway, not because it's the last takeaway, I'm just so confused on which, which one to which one to share. So let's let's go with this one. Um so at some stage 
Dunisani uh, had pieces of land in Henley on Clip. Henley on Clip is on your way to Fabianahen of the R59. It oh, wow. Uh, yes, that's where it is. So Henley on Clip is on that way, and they bought land, and he says he wanted mm. to build um, student accommodation. Here's the other thing. Yeah. Calculation and misinf misinformed property investing. And I like the fact that he brings up these things, you know, just, just to put it out there that sometimes you will do that. Everybody talks about student accommodation, you run to student accommodation. And only because him and his partners had heard that um, Oprah is building a school next to that. <laughs> What the miscalculation is, what sort of students are they? These are pupils, yeah. right? These yeah. Students. Yeah. And but it's Oprah else? also, let's not forget. So we're riding right. for the Oprah brand. Still. Still. <laughs> Still. So when you do your research before you buy and locating yeah. whatever it is that you are buying to have the concrete information don't go on you heard that somebody read yeah. and, and 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 do a proper due diligence about about that piece mm. of thing. I thought that was very interesting and I really admire someone because he has walked that path. He mm. is the type of person I would trust with my money. Yeah. And the type of person I yeah. would trust with my portfolio to say, what do you think? So that he yeah. he, he knows now the how important due diligence is, right? Wow. Yeah. So that is so powerful. It is. It is so powerful oh. to share as well is what makes it so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. My my takeaway is that if, what was it? So I have actually one last takeaway yeah. that <laughs> Yeah. So oh the other one was developers don't prioritize you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Right? Gosh. It was so this for me, it's a takeaway for me because I feel like it comes back to what we have learned here is that if for knowing this information that developers mm. don't prioritize you, part of why mm. they don't prioritize us, even though Janisani didn't talk about this, is that they don't know us, right? We know from Doris that her developers in episode 49 prioritize her because they, they know her. So and she maybe, pays them on time. My takeaway, yeah, and my takeaway from that was maybe you want to tap into your networks that already have great relationships with developers and then yeah. start to build, ask them and for then. that referral and have them put in a good word for you so that you can get prioritized because you're working off this incredible relationship that they have with someone else. And so now you are also now uh, piggybacking off that relationship, which brings us right back to the power of your network, right? Absolutely. So Absolutely. yeah, that was yeah. my takeaway. And yes, that was that has this has been an incredible show guys so let's yeah. move on to the next segment of the show let's do that now on to the journey to magical expansion where we ask our guests the same five questions we ask every guest 
Welcome, uh, guys, to the next segment of the show, The Journey to Magical Expansion. So we're going to ask the same five questions we ask of every guest from, of, Disney, of Dunisani. So, Misa, take it away. All right. Dunisani, I know you keep harping about rich dad, poor dad. Is that the book that changed your life, or is there another one that you would like to share with our listeners? Well, Rich Dad Poor Dad was one of the biggest books for me that really made things uh, happen. But there's another okay. book which was also powerful. It's called The Think and Grow Rich because I can actually relate to that story uh, based on my uh, uh, background as a young man as I was growing up. I come okay. from a different background and unfortunately a lot of people don't understand there's a book which is one of the most powerful books that I've ever read, which is called the Bible, by the way. It always okay. states, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So in my view, the think and grow rich was based on that theory that we've learned, but a lot of people don't apply that principle of thinking. You know, you can actually create stuff just by thinking it, you know. And for me, that book played a huge role because every time before I create I always play it in my mind to make sure that it becomes a reality in my a reality mind. For me. I'm physically real. In my mind, it had to become reali- real first. So that's basically mm. how things. I'll make sure that they become real in my mind. And eventually, they will be real because they, they are become real. real. I love that. I love that. I love that. That is amazing. Ooh. That is incredible. So what keeps you inspired? What keeps me inspired? Wow. Um, when I see people being successful, when I see people um, uh, succeeding because of the information that I'm sharing, and when I see people's life changing based on what I share with them, that's what keeps mm-hmm. me inspired. That's what keeps me going to want to do more and more. When I see people changing their lives based on what I'm exposing them to. Exposing them to. Mm. Exposed to this lifestyle. That's what keeps me inspired. So I love that. exposure for me, it keeps me inspired. You know, when I, I love keep that. Exposed, exposing different people to different things within different the property. Things. property for wow. me. That's it. That's how you landed on yeah. this podcast. I got that from the first time I spoke to you. What do you <sighs> wish you had known or done before embarking on the property investment journey? Are there things that you wish someone had told you before? Yes. If they told me that there's a market crash back then, I wouldn't have lost anything. <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I had to go through that experience. Of that <laughs> <laughs> there's a time when things will go down if i knew that before well i did read about it but you know when somebody's not telling you you don't take it serious not that i didn't okay. of course it wasn't really real because i never experienced it so imagine if somebody who say Junisani, with what is happening currently with the market going up like mm. this property prices going as high as this because i remember within six months at some areas property market were going up by 60 to 80 percent if i knew that wow of market crash i would have exited the market before so <laughs> absolutely unfortunately i didn't have somebody telling me but now i know yeah 
about to do the same thing. That is why even now, this is exciting times for us because of what, because of COVID. And there's going yes. to be a lot of discounts. A lot of people, they stay away from this market when the market is crashed. That's when you need to enter. These are amazing times. Yes. Prices are even lower than you can actually think of. I promise Absolutely. you. Yes. Thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. So what else do you think you still need to learn in property? Um, what do I still need to learn in property? How to own a... Um, a, a retail business. I want to have a mall one of these days. Okay. Oh, wow. Wow. All right, wow. then. Okay. <laughs> a petrol station one of these days. I still have to learn that. And I okay. still have yeah. lots of high-rise buildings in the property okay. space. Mm. I understand the process. We are now starting to implement that process but some of the most important things are the retail space. Um, yes. What I think I will still need to learn because I don't have any idea of how that market works. Works. Okay. Yeah. What to look for. Because, yes, they are within the property space, but a total, complete, different thing uh, to what Absolutely. you are doing. Yeah. So yeah. The principles that you are applying in residential into a uh, retail space. So they're totally, completely different. So that's basically what I need still to learn. Okay. Oh, wow. All right. Last question. <laughs> so which, which property resource do you want to share with our podcast listeners? It could be your program, a book, a podcast, a YouTube video that, that's your favorite. What resource would you like to share with our podcast listeners? Um, Miranda, pose that question differently. I'm not sure if I understand you. <laughs> <laughs> so well, our podcast listeners, after listening to a listener, they know that there is something. For me, everyone knows I listen to Bigger Pockets yeah. um, podcast once a week. I am a faith. It's like church to me. What <laughs> is that one resource that you would send a, 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 a property investor to to say, if you read this every week or listen to this every week, you are sure mm. to you are sure to to make it in property investment. I think this broadcast. I'm not trying to buy faces, but this broadcast that you guys <laughs> because it's addressing a lot of challenging uh, challenges that um, are faced by people and also people who wants to really get started within the property market. So this is mm. one. The broadcast. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> we really appreciate that. Refer people to come and watch this broadcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for saying that. A lot yeah. of our guests are actually doing that now. They refer people. They actually, like one guest called me up yesterday and was like, oh my gosh, you wanted to discuss the other guests on the podcast. <laughs> and he was like, I like this one, I didn't like this one, this one worked for me, this one didn't. But he was so excited, even I though know. he's been a guest on the show. Yeah. <laughs> and the second one, basically, these are the two that I would recommend also, All About Property. It's one of the uh, other broadcasts that I was mm. so This one and okay. the, uh, All About ah, Property. Okay. All About Property. Yes. All about property. You guys are doing amazing things. 
Definitely. Uh, and all the best. I hope that you continue to grow and grow because this is life changing for our people. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It it really has it been really is. so transformative, not just for them, but I think for both Mizo and us. I. You <laughs> oh, know. Gosh. We will talk about what it's done for us in terms of our property journey in episode 52. You know, it's been transformative in amazing ways. So how do people get hold of you, Dunasani? People are like, I want to be part of this. I really want to attend the next masterclass. How do they reach you? Where do they find you? Okay, we've got a website called the www.richesandbeyond.com. They can actually okay. reach us and okay. the contact details are on the website as well. Um, they are more than welcome to get in touch with me. I'm more than happy to help anyone who wants to come into the program. And also my email, my personal email address is dunisani at, wealth, at richesandbeyond.com. So if you want to get okay. all of me directly, you can actually um, forward uh, your uh, whatever information or whatever help that you need you can afford it at um uh, dunisani with an n by the way a lot of people they miss n for <laughs> natal n for natal yes, yeah that sounds like dunisani mm-hmm. yes which is and beyond.com so that's basically where they can reach me and awesome. the end is it the word end or the sign end riches is the word end Oh, yeah. okay, the way to end. Okay. Yeah. okay. All right, awesome. then. Yeah, this has amazing. been incredible. I know our podcast listeners are going to love this. And mm-hmm. um, everyone reaches and beyond does the most amazing work. It is our people yeah. being done for hours. And I believe Riches and Beyond yes. is only South African. So, you know, this is our product. Yeah. So I think I think that says a lot about what yeah. we all want to take each other, yes. right? As we yes. as we prosper, we we pull others with us. So thank you and yeah. thank you and Milan and, and and your partners for doing this for all of us, right? Mm. Thank you again for saying yes and graciously coming even while you were feeling uh, under the weather. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Dunisani. Coming and talking. I'm feeling much better. So this was like a, a, a therapy for me. So it was a good thing. That I came. <laughs> oh, thank you, Property Magicians. Thank you, Mizo. Thank you, Dunisani. And guys, please tune in next week. We'll have another fabulous guest for you. Thank you for joining us for the Property Magicians podcast. Please share this episode with your family, friends, and even strangers. If you find this valuable, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and Podbean Station. Or better yet, subscribe to our mailing list at wealthy-money.com. Again, wealthy-money.com and receive our complimentary Creating Intentional Wealth ebook. Also, join the conversation on Facebook in our Facebook group. Just type in Wealthy Money Magicians, answer the questions and join the Facebook group. Let's have a conversation about money and all things property related. Thank you once again.